If you're geared towards, you know, getting the little man in the front door, whatever the case may be, you know, this is kind of like a, yeah, but not everybody really. Right. So you're limiting the black forces uh, that you're willing to. to right. Right. So somebody made the, 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 <laughs> the alluded to, well, if I had ID, I wouldn't need ID. Right. That's a popular mm-hmm. line from a rap song. Right. It's like, well, you know, if I had the support of, you know, Facebook or whomever, or, you know, the same sort of resources that some of these other influencers are, I would need, you know, um, this program. program. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And this is Nika Montford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And you're listening to and or watching the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. We want to thank you to, thank you, we want to welcome you to episode 88 of the Snob OS podcast. Uh, We appreciate you for listening. For those who may be watching, for those who also watch the live show, currently taping it now if you want to watch the live show if you want to get in on the live pre-show to where we talk about some things where we're not going to talk about on the regular show you can definitely support it by coming becoming a patreon uh five bucks a month you get all those two things plus you get access to our discord chat where we talk all things tech where we get ideas from the show and just general community like conversation so definitely show us some love if you want to get a little bit extra bonus definitely support it support us via the patreon but other than that let's get right into the show uh this first block we're going to talk about the lowdown where we talk about all things apple and i guess we're going to go ahead and uh let some people know about uh, ios 13.6.1 that's the latest iOS that was released. And we're going to do a little bit of magic here. I've been playing with our platform and I'm actually going to uh, put up the actual article that I'm reading. So um, Apple uh, released iOS 13.6.1 and there's not a lot going on in iOS 13.6.1, basically like bug fixes. So, for example, uh, iOS 13.6.1 addresses an issue where unneeded system data files might not automatically be deleted when available storage is low. That's one of the cool things about Apple. If you're buying iCloud storage, if you're buying, if you have um, file storage and it's starting to get full, Apple kind of starts to kind of delete some old stuff. Uh, maybe some people are having an issue with that. Uh, iOS 13.6.1 fixes a thermal management issue that caused some de- displays to exhibit a green tint. So there's a bug fix for that. And there's a bug fix that fixes an issue where exposure notifications could be disabled for some users. So if you're not familiar, exposure notifications are uh, the, um, uh, the the tracking, the COVID tracking. So if you've been exposed or you've, you know, you got a positive diagnosis, you can actually use your iPhone or Android and third party apps to kind of track where you've been to see if it can notify other people that have been exposed to COVID-19 as a result of your diagnosis or as a result of how you're feeling as far as the the pandemic and it kind of notifies the people around so that was fixing issue to where that was disabled so that was pretty much it for ios 13.6.1 i think the major os uh release was 13.6 where it had you know digital car keys and a bunch of other stuff 
you know, this 13.6.1 was pretty much just bug fixes. So just wanted to let people know uh, what was going on with that. Let's see. I'm probably just going to move right along into the into the next story here. Uh, Apple reportedly launching subscription bundles with new iPhones this October. So uh, for those who, you know, are subscribing to Apple family music, you get, you know, you get a couple things with family sharing. You get sharing for music. You get sharing for any sort of books. You get uh, sharing for any sort of movies you've purchased. You know, you can share that. But Apple looks like they are going to re- launching uh, uh, other subscription bundles to where you get music and news or you can get TV and, uh, you know, movies. You know, you can kind of bundle things a la carte almost. You can bundle things how you want to in addition to a new fitness service. Right. So this story mm-hmm. that I'm reading on The Verge says um, a number of tiers, different tiers will be available, starting with a basic combo of Apple Music and Apple TV Plus. While more expensive bundles will add Apple Arcade, then you can add Apple News Plus. And then at the next tier, you can get extra cloud storage. And then um, you can also maybe get into an Apple TV fitness app similar to services like Nike and Peloton. So uh, that's a rumor that probably the main thing of that story is the fact that, you know, Apple may be coming out with a fitness service. So I guess my question to you is, do you currently subscribe to one of these fitness services and if so, if not would you be would you consider apple uh fitness you know especially so i have Go ahead. the i have the peloton because when they were first uh at the beginning of the pandemic they were giving away i think it was 3 months okay. of free subscription All right. and i did do some of the stuff during that 3 months and it was really good so I would definitely, you know, be open to it. I didn't purchase the the Peloton one. And I guess it would just really depend on, on the cost to see if it was comparable and the content as well, because the content on the Peloton app is, is really good. It gives you different um, skill levels. It does, you know, Peloton is known for, you know, the bikes, but mm-hmm. they had like cardio workout. They had yoga. They had like kickboxing. They had like your dance type Zumba hip hop, like dance class. So they had like a gamut um, of of content and it was really good. It was like interactive. You could, you know, it's kind of like a, a a chat type of thing where you can follow people and, you know, you can do workouts together. So, I mean, I'd be down for it, especially since I canceled my gym membership <laughs> because I won't go on back there, even though people have gone back and they've been sending me these things to try and come back. And I'm like, nah, bro, it's nah. So I would definitely, you know, yeah, I'd be open to it. Yeah. Especially if the content was good. Yeah. Cause yeah, like you said, I see people on Instagram back in the gym and it's like, yeah, you can socially distance all you want to, but it just something about the gym and sweat and, and sweat and, and everybody's and, touching everything. Yeah. And you can wipe. Yeah. Mm-mm. And just then seem- the locker room. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a lot. So, um, again, just going back a little bit more about the story, Bloomberg, which is the, what we're um, the story that's referencing. Uh, Bloomberg says the story: the bundles will be marketed towards family, and they'll work with Apple's family sharing system, meaning each each service uh, can be accessed by up to six individuals, as you expect, with subscription bundles. 
Buying them will be cheaper than buying individual services. As Bloomberg says, for example, if a family subscribes today to all of Apple's major services, plus the highest iCloud storage tier, that will cost about $45 a month. A new a new bundle could knock more than $5 off of that. So basically, if you bought this family tier, you may get it at a discount if you do everything versus kind of a la carte in it. But again, like I said, Apple's got all these digital services. They're making tons of money off of digital services. So it makes sense for them to expand on that. All right. Let's see. Let's get yep, to the yep, let's get to the another other story. So in addition to uh, rolling out some things on iOS 14, uh, they are rolling out more security things because, of course, Apple is big on security. So they have confirmed that um, they're adding a security feature that validates the integrity of third party apps. So uh, when third party apps, you know, subscribe or, or, or what's the word submit, that's the word I'm looking for, <laughs> submit their uh, app to the app store. They have to uh, agree to app to use Apple's. I think it's called app attest API in iOS 14. That's part of Apple's device check services. According to Apple, it helps protect against security threats to apps in iOS 14 or later, reducing fraudulent use of these services. So, of course, you know, some apps that they would submit the app to Apple, make it look good on the front end. Apple says, OK, we're going to approve it. We put it into the actual app store. Then they throw some other stuff in there to circumvent all of the you know, security features. It sounds like this service that Apple is going to be using now Um you can't get around that. So I uh, just want to get your opinion on, you know, what do you think? Do you think that Apple with all these new security features, they've got a bunch of new bunch, the a bunch of security features coming out in iOS 14. In addition to this one, do you think this is going to hinder app developers from actually putting apps in the app store? Or do you think this is a good move on Apple and then developers are just going to have to follow suit? I don't think it's going to to stop developers. I think they'll probably, you know, be pissed about it and gripe about it. But at the end of the day, I think they'll keep, I think they'll keep developing and keep putting apps in the app store. Um, it's just the app store is just such a huge juggernaut that it's how else you're going to get your 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 apps out there. You can put them on other platforms. Um, you could put them on Android, but you know what the amount of people people that have iPhones, if you want to keep your revenue coming in from your apps, you're going to have to adapt and, 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 and make those changes. So, okay. All right. All yeah. right. The, uh, I'll just read a little bit more about this. This is because and I'm just reading from the story. This is because app attest, which is this new API allows developers to generate a special cryptographic key on a device and use it to develop and use it to validate the integrity of their app before servers provide access to sensitive data. The ultimate aim is to prevent hacked apps and those that can be sideloaded and modified through jailbreaking tweaks. So again, like I said, Apple is dropping the hammer on all of these, you know, uh, security flaws and these hacks. And again, like I said, in the end, they're making it more safer for the actual users. All right. So yeah. go ahead. And everybody complains about it until their app gets hacked and their data is compromised. Then it's like, well, we should have more security. So, you know, taking the preemptive route, I think it's better to be, you know, 
prepared than to be on the the reactionary end when something kind of blows up. So. Right, right. All right. So that kind of rolls into our next story as it relates to the question I asked you about how uh, app developers feel about Apple, you know, dropping the hammer, especially as it relates to some of these new uh, security features. Actually, we're talking about uh, Fortnite. If you are not mm-hmm. familiar, uh, Fortnite uh, is running into some issues with Apple. And basically what they're doing is they are uh, in this big battle with Apple because of their, according to Epic Games, you know, Apple is monopolizing via the App Store and they take 30% of the profits from any in-app purchases. So Fortnite decided that they wanted to, and I'll just kind of go down and I'll just read the the, the timeline as I understand it. Again, this is kind of a, a big mess. So this all happened within a month, right? So first and foremost, Apple slams Apple, um, Fortnite rather, slams Apple over App Store in purchase, in-app purchase monopoly, which is what I just said, you know, in order to get your app in the App Store to be seen by millions, maybe even billions of users, depending on how many devices out there, you got to play along with Apple. They got to take 30% of the cut. Then you get your app in the App Store. You play about, you play the rules, you know, you get all the different benefits. You know, Apple is always in their, in their, um, in their press releases and their big major announcements, they always talk, especially as it relates to iOS, they talk about all the millions and billions of dollars app developers have made as a result of being uh, in the app store. Well, it sounds like maybe, maybe I'm tripping, but it sounds like Epic wants more than yep. billions and millions and billions of dollars. They want more. They want all the money. <laughs> right, right. So basically how the timeline uh, goes is Fortnite, uh, you know, has a beef with Apple over the in-purchase monopoly. After that, they kind of set up an alternative payment option. So they created some V-Bucks to where users had to purchase these V-Bucks outside of the App Store, then go into the app and actually redeem those V-Bucks to do things like get all the cool dances, get all the cool emotes, get all the cool guns, all the new, you know, extra features and play those in the App Store. Well, of course, (laughs) Apple said, yeah, we're not doing that and uh, actually removed Fortnite from the App Store. So it sounds like uh, uh, Epic Games kind of knew that was coming. So immediately, I'd say maybe not even a day later, they put out a suit against Apple about their uh, monopolizing nature of the App Store and put out this Mm -hmm. spoof of that classic 1984 commercial that Apple did where they wanted everybody to break away from the PC. So Fortnite kind of spoofed that same commercial and tried to use it against Apple and said, we want you to break away from the app store. You got the the little guy, you got to fight against the big giant corporation, which is Apple. And if y'all want to, Epic games is a little guy, right? Exactly. (laughs) Right. 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 So, you know, they want to, you know, want to kind of drum up the, you know, the, the support from the people who want to play, uh, Fortnite because Apple removed Fortnite from the App Store. That doesn't mean you still can't play it if you already had it, but if you went to the App Store to try to download it, they unlisted it, right? So you can't get it. Um, but then as a result of that, Google also removed yeah. Fortnite from the Play Store because Fortnite was trying to circumvent not just Apple's um, App Store guidelines, but also Google's. So I guess the question is, what side are what side what camp are you in? Are you against Fortnite? You know, being upset at Apple 
taking a huge chunk out of their profits? Or are you with on the side of Apple to say, look, these are the rules you play by them. You'll have no issues, but we can say whatever we want and you have no choice but to comply. So I think it's really funny because this happened last Thursday, not too long after we we did the show and I saw it all unfold unfold on Twitter. So, you know, there are so many people that hate Apple and they were just like, yeah, stick it to them. Right. You know, Apple is the worst. They take too much. And I mean, you know, all the anti Apple people were having a field day with this. This was like this was like their day. Right. And they had a, a blast with it. And what I don't think, I don't think Epic uh, Games planned or expected that Google would pull it from their Play Store as well. I think that kind of came out of left field. Mm-hmm. They may say now, no, we we expected that. But I think the, the Google Play Store angle kind of blindsided them. And I right. thought it was very interesting that Apple and Google are on the same page with this and they're kind of tag teaming it. So, Apple pulled it and Google Play was like, you know what, we'll pull it too. So I thought that was a a unique dynamic. I get where they're saying, you know, that Apple is taking way too much off the top. Mm -hmm. And I get it for, so maybe some of the smaller app app development companies, but come on, Fortnite is huge. Right. So instead of making 15, these random numbers, $15 billion, they may make $10 billion. So it's hard to root for David uh, Goliath fighting Goliath. Right. I could see if it was a true David versus Goliath type of thing, but Epic Games trying to play themselves as a little guy is insane. Right. And the only people that are buying into that are the people who hate Apple. Right. Now to the thirty percent, it is steep. It is a lot that you're having to pay out to Apple. Right. But at the same time, you're you're doing all of your work and you're putting it on someone else's platform. It's the same thing as with, you know, different users on Instagram or Twitter mm-hmm. or Facebook, TikTok. We post all of this stuff to that app, but we don't own it. Mm-hmm. You know, these companies, these tech companies can sell it. They can use it you know, pretty much to whatever their benefit, and they do. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea that it's, this is completely new, that our data or our content is being taken advantage of. No, when you're using someone else's platform, when you sign that end-user agreement, that's what you're agreeing to. Now, if you don't agree with it, mm-hmm. then don't put your products on that platform. That's It's not like they're making you put it on that platform. It's your choice whether you choose to put your app in the App Store or in the Google Play Store. Now, if you don't put it there, right. then you're at a significant revenue loss. So you, as a business person, has to weigh the difference. Mm-hmm. So what's what's what percentage would, would work for them? 20%? Right. 10%? 1%? What would make them happy? I don't think any number would make them happy because if Apple were to come down and say, okay, you know what? We'll drop the 5%. We'll do that 25%. That's still too much. It will never be enough unless they get 100% of the profits, which you cannot do when you're putting your product on someone else's platform. Right. That's just not the way capitalism works. Sorry, friends. If you want to benefit from capitalism on one end mm-hmm. by doing your product and making all of your billions of dollars, you have to you have to be in the whole you have to be in the whole capitalism game. Right. Apple is a company, they're about making money. So they have to do what they have to do to make their money as well. So, you know, I 
I just think I found it quite funny. And I was just cackling when I was reading it on Twitter because, you know, Epic trying to play themselves as a little guy was just like hilarious. Right. Right. But they so I think what the reason why I believe Apple and then Google not not necessarily teamed up, but kind of see where this could go. And it may be a little bit, you know, not not a Pandora's. Yeah. a Pandora's box to where if let's just say they were to either a back down and come up with some sort of exclusion exclusion for uh, Epic Games, you know, that's going to open up the door for all of the apps that have always been complaining that Apple is taking too much and they're too, you know, uh, constricting and stringent with their uh, rules and how you get the app that, you know, in the store and they can pull your app for whatever reason, you know, that just opens up, you know, Pandora's box, you know, so I think Apple, whether or not they have a good case or not, you know, 30% does sound kind of steep. But again, if you compare that against you getting 100% of zero, you know what I'm saying? 30%, right. 70% is a good number to take versus getting 100% of, you know, zero, right? But anyway, um, you know, that opens up, the, like I said, for all the other app developers because for uh, Epic Games is not the first uh, company to get mad at Apple nope. for taking 30% off the top. And, you know, like I said, Apple has stood by that. You know, and I don't think, you know, they're going to bud. I'm I'm 100% sure they're not going to budge on this either because this just opens the door for other companies. And then, you know, then where they leave, you know, are they making is it case by case basis? Is it a flat? Is it like you said, is 20% enough? Is 10% enough? I mean, what happens when Apple says, all right, well, we'll drop it to 20%. And then years go by another Epic Games or another third party developer comes up and says 20% is too much. And then Apple says, mm-hmm. okay, well, what about 15 and then they get down to five. And then before you know it, like you said, like you said, that's not how capitalism works. You're either that's gonna, not how it works. You're either going to be in capitalism or you're not. You can't pick and choose. Right. And right. so so the other issue I think Epic brought up was the fact that, you know, Apple claims that they don't make exceptions. You know, you follow, you comply with the rules. You know, you you know, you don't have any issues. But I think they tried to make a a comparison to Uber, you know, because I don't think Uber, I don't think Apple takes 30% of Uber when I, you know, hella Uber or hella Lyft to where then I don't think they're taking 30% of those transactions that happen within Uber, you know, for paying for rides or whatever the case may be. So I, I had to read more into that, but I did, I did see how Fortnite or Epic Games rather was trying to use that as a reason to say, okay, well, if there are other apps outside of this 70-30 split that have these exclusionary rules we want that same thing. But again, Apple's, you know, they've stood by the idea that they don't, you know, make exceptions. Everybody's got to follow by the same rules. And again, I don't see Epic being able to um, get an exception for them because, again, yeah. like I said, get an exception to them is going to be an exception for everybody else. And then, like you said, the final issue is, like I mentioned before, is, all right, you know, it's it's messed up. But where else are you going to put your app if it's not on Google Play? If it's not in Apple stores, can it go on BlackBerry? Is it going to go on Windows? You know, is it going to live exclusively on Windows, you know, PC? You know, are you going to, how does that work? You know what I'm saying? Can it live exclusively on consoles? Because Fortnite is just popular, if not more so in mobile devices than it is on console. Right. And that's the thing that is, is very interesting. First, um, comparing Uber to 
Epic Games to Fortnite is not even the same because what they are, where Epic Games is making the most of their money is on in-app purchases inside of the game. So the overall function of the development of the app is to play this game. Right. You're talking about extras that you're trying to buy within the game. Right. As for Uber, I'm paying for a ride from point A to B. I'm not buying, you know, uh, like soda right. in the Uber right. or you gotcha. know, doing the extras. That and makes the sense. other thing is Epic is they're they're trying to make it seem like they're fighting the fight for the little guys. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is, like you said, you can play Fortnite on any of the consoles. Some of these other apps, right. they're all they can only go on mobile devices there's no other place that they can add right their 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 programs their apps to right. they could try to scale it for xbox or playstation but they may not have the budget for that so they have the budget to be strictly mobile development right so and so. to 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 add to the to apple's case is you can fortnite can uh, put their, you know, Epic rather can put Fortnite on consoles. You can put it on PC. You know, you can put it on, you know, anything else, right? We, you can't say Apple is a monopoly when there are other options. Now, Apple you have the, multiple other options. Now, Apple is the biggest and the best. And if you were to get chopped that thirty percent down to twenty percent, that means exorbitant amount of extra money for you. So I can see the play, and I'm not hating. You know, because it's capitalism, right? So I see- I definitely see the game they're playing. Right, right, but yeah, I don't. It didn't work. It didn't work for anybody before them, and just because they're epic. So again, that goes back to the original uh, this 1984 spoof video. You know, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to have the users and the fans put pressure. Revolution. Right, right, right. This revolution, right, to where they're going to put so much pressure, so much pressure on Apple and so much pressure on their legislators or whomever they write into that that's going to force Apple to kind of back down. But uh, maybe work for somebody else. But Apple's like a two trillion dollar in the bank company. I don't think it's going to work. They, they swim in cash. <laughs> and the other, because I think we talked about the other um, App Store lawsuit a while back, mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's referenced in this article, um, Apple v. Pepper. This has been going on for what ten years. Right. Apple got long money. They can stretch this thing out as long as they want, and it won't really, you know, affect them. Right. Now, should they do that? I mean, again, it's capitalism, so it's all about the almighty dollar. So. Each side is going to do what they think is best to protect their money. And, you know, I guess we'll see how it plays. But I don't think Fortnite really expected Apple to pull them from the App Store. Mm -hmm. And I definitely don't believe they expected Google to pull it from the Play Store. They're, you know, Apple and Google are, are calling their bluff. And so they can't back down now. They they got to roll with it. Right. Even, you know, to their demise. They're gonna have to roll with it because now you know they've made this big stink and they've you know tried to get you know fans involved. Right. But the fact that a lot of people have these consoles and if you're you're playing and you're gaming and if you if you can't get your fix on your 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 mobile device, you can play it at home. And the fact that we're all kind of locked in right now, it's kind of like, well, yeah, it's not cool, but. I can go into my living room and still play it on my Xbox 360. So. Right. And most of these kids playing Fortnite, they're trying to stream. They're trying to make a living off of Fortnite and off of streaming. So they're not trying to make a living 
using their mobile device. They're trying. They're on no. PC. They're on PC. Yeah. They're on Xbox. They're on uh, PlayStation. Trying yeah. to make a living off a of game, and they ain't trying to do that off no phone. So nope. uh, we'll see how it rolls. You know, this. Yeah, may- I got three nephews, and they are all into Fortnite, and they play it. They play it only on the PlayStation. Right. So they can get up and kind of run around and, you know, do the dances with it or whatever. And they have it on the big screen TV. So looking at it on your, you know, little phone is is not their their focus. They're they're on the on the big boy system. So right. We'll see how it plays out. But I think, you know, Epic may have backed themselves in a corner that may be a little bit of difficult to to get out of because they can't back down now. We shall see all right so i think that is it for the lowdown uh now we're going to move into second string where we talk all things tech in general and it looks like netflix is testing some sort of uh shuffle slash play feature uh they they mentioned netflix is uh, testing a shuffle play feature again i don't remember when they tested this before but this kind of caught my Mm -hmm. eye specifically because everybody's uh, shut in as it relates to, you know, uh, having entertainment streaming, you know, watching things on TV, you know, so it sounds like now I guess would be a good time for Netflix to try this shuffle thing to where um, uh, some viewers have noticed a shuffle play button appearing on the Netflix TV apps user profile screen right beneath their display image and name. The option is alternatively materialized in the left side menu bar available after a profile is selected renamed play something is the actual name of the button for some as well as the main screen so basically it does what you think it does is you can click play something and based on your watch history based on what's in your um um watch list i forget what the name of it's called is it i think it's called the watch list or your favorites list whatever you call it you know based on that information i think watch list is uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. Oh, for whatever it's called for Netflix, you know, they use algorithms. They know what you're watching <laughs> pretty much. So, you know, you click this play something button and then they will play something that they think you will like. So I guess my question to you is, is this something that interests you or do you like more control or are you, are you, I guess, comfortable with all of the content on Netflix to trust it to play something that you would like? See, that's the thing. Like when you go into your your main, your home screen Uh of Netflix, it has already a recommendation section of things you may want to watch based on other things you've already watched. Uh So just for them just to kind of play something, mm, no, because some stuff is not great. (laughs) I'd rather I'd rather look for I'd rather look it up myself or go based on, you know, something someone else recommended. So I probably won't be using that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be using it. I probably won't use it either. Uh, but it, it'd be because I get into mood, moods. It's like there's some mood times I'm in for, you know, stand up. There's sometimes I'm in for, you know, action. You know, there's sometimes I'm into whatever anime. You know, they got a nice little anime selection in Netflix. So once I get into those moods, I just want to watch that type of stuff. I don't want to, you know, uh, click this play something button and it play, you know, uh kung fu flick and then turn right back around and play some sort of romantic comedy just because i ended up watching a romantic comedy sometime down the road it's like no stick with this don't switch Mm -hmm. up to something else so um having said that if it did do that to where um if i'm watching something 
and it plays something similar to that, not necessarily just something similar to I've watched, period, then maybe maybe I'd be, you know, uh, it'd be advantageous to actually do that. But yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. Just to, just to randomly just pull something out of the sky. Right. I mean, but, if you're already watching something, I mean, it, it seems like it would be kind of disjointed. Because right. if, you're, if you're in like heavy action mode and then all of a sudden it goes to a rom-com or something, you're just like, wait a minute. Right. That's not what mood I was in. So, yeah, so yeah, it's not my, I don't think I'll be using it. Well, so we'll see, you know, y'all let us know if you get that play something, I'll be paying close attention and see if I get it. I may just roll the dice and see what it does. If it does something whack <laughs> one time, try it out. if it, if it does something whack, just one time I'll spit on it. And, and no, <laughs> no second tries. You get one shot to get it right. If you don't get it right, it is a wrap. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's see. Moving on to the next show or next uh, article. Instagram is rolling out a a QR profile feature. They're rolling out globally. So for those who don't know, um, Instagram had a name tag feature to where you can show your device in this name tag. You know, you open up your name tag, uh, show it to another device. That other device scans that name tag and then it takes them right to their profile. Uh, that they've replaced that with a QR code. Most of the smartphones out right now have a built-in QR. I know iPhones have it. They have a built-in QR code in the camera to where all you do is open up the camera, hover it over a QR code, automatically reads it, takes you to a profile page, or takes you, if you're um, if you're Instagram for business, it could take you to a business homepage. And that's so much easier. The reason why I wanted to put this up here, because... Scanning a QR code is so much easier than trying to type out somebody's crazy Instagram name. Some of these people have some of the weirdest jankiest, With the underscores, the two underscores, right? Two spaces. Right. Oh, spelled it's spelled it got leaked spellings to where it's a three instead of an E and an L instead of a T. And it's like I ain't gonna do all that. Just show me your QR code. Let me scan it. I'll get right to it. Right. And then some people like me. <laughs> I'd be feeling the pressure, right? When somebody's looking over my shoulder and they're like, oh, it's just someone, someone, so So my fingers is like, uh, I freak out, right? Versus performance anxiety. It's like you're watching me type and it's hard. Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what it is, right? So this way I can, you can just show me your, you know, profile QR code. I can scan it and I get right to where I need to go. So I think this is a, a good feature that they're rolling out. I mean, just a lot of people will jump on it because Instagram is the move. You know, um, I have moved Twitter. I hate to say it. You might not agree, but I've moved Twitter off my main screen and I've kind of hidden it. I've got the iOS 14 um, uh, public beta and I'm using the app library. I've moved Twitter into the app library. If I need to get to it, I'll just search for the Twitter app, open it up, but it's not on my home screen anymore and that's replaced by Instagram because all the things I do I you know I get so much more interaction I get so many more views you know I get so much more um, responses for my content on Instagram maybe that's just me because I put more effort into it Uh, maybe that's just as things are going as a whole but you know like I said I've kind of moved away from Twitter for the most part and moved to Instagram how's your Twitter's still home uh, is it okay Twitter's still home for me yeah I Instagram is a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work. You got to find the right photo, the right video. Do you want to put it on stories? Do you want to put it on the feed? Uh-huh. Got to come up with a clever caption. You got to use your hashtags. 
especially when you're doing stories, you got to add all the graphics and stuff. And on Twitter, I just type it out and send, and I keep with the chuckles. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Twitter's still home. I live there. All right. All right. Well, for all my Instagram folks, you know, definitely check that out. All right. Let's see. Moving on to the next story. We got another thing coming with, uh, I guess, the story continues as far as oh tic- yeah, TikTok is concerned. Uh, so Trump has actually moved forward with his uh, TikTok and WeChat ban and has put a deadline on the uh, ban of WeChat and TikTok to where uh, after 45 days, um, users, U.S. users rather, uh, if they don't, if no U.S. company has bought and uh, bought and <laughs> purchased <laughs> and taken over uh, the U.S. operations of uh, TikTok from Tencent and ByteDance, um, then it's going to ban U.S. users uh, from actually, you know, accessing or using the. Uh, the app. So I guess I wanted to get your, I think we kind of talked about it before, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, do you think this is going to fly? Do you think? Um, I want them to call his bluff. I really want them to call it because I don't think he'll fall through with it. The amount of revenue and the amount of um, ads that people do on these apps for mm-hmm. companies that, you know, are his buddies or, you know, make money or whatever. It, I, I hope they call his bluff because I don't think he'll go through with it. It sounds all big and bold and and right now, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, money talks and everything else walks. Mm-hmm. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. Okay, all right. Well, let me read this just so, so we can get the actual statement, and I'll put it up on the screen as well. It says, um, according to Trump. Uh, WeChat automatically captures vast swaths of information from its users. This data collection threatens to allow the Chinese Communist Party access to Americans' personal and proprietary information. Banning the app, adding that the application also captures personal information of Chinese nationals visiting the U.S. The order would basically ban the app in the United States, prohibits any transaction that is related to WeChat or TikTok, in this case, by any person or with respect to any property subject to jurisdiction in the United States uh, with Tencent Holdings. I guess they own um, the WeChat part. And then uh, what was the other company? ByteDance owns owns TikTok. So he's kind of lumped them all in, uh, both of those in, you know, since they are um, Chinese companies or companies that have Chinese origins. You know, again, like you said last week and even this week, you know, this is kind of a flex for him because some of the things he's been doing has hasn't worked. So maybe he can do something to, you know, see that he is strong on foreign policy or whatever the case may be. But like you said, it'd be interesting to see with all of the capitalistic uh, ideologies of the United States. And like you said, all these companies that advertise on these apps, the same companies that he claims to be, you know, supportive of, you know, we'll see if nobody buys, you know, um, TikTok and WeChat, WeChat, will he actually go through with this no. ban? No, he's just going to stop talking about it and start talking about something else. Right. Okay. Because my thing is, I still haven't figured out, is he just making this up about the data collection? Has this been proven or anything? Or it, is he just saying this? And then if it is true 
So they got, are they going to ban Facebook too? Hello, Cambridge Analytica. Hello, you know, access to our data. Is he going to get rid of Google too? Because I mean, some of the same things that he's accusing, you know, Tencent of and the, the apps associated with are some of the same things that have happened with American companies. Right. So it, it just really goes to show that this is something completely alternative to what he he he's, he doesn't care about people's right. privacy. Right. Because if he did, he would have done something about, you know, Facebook and Google and some of the other companies whose data, you know, they've collected data and, and misused it. So I honestly think nobody is going to be able to pull off purchasing this type of juggernaut in 45 days. That's one. Two, they're not going to be able to scale it to even be able to earn any money from it a short period of time. It's going to take a lot of time to repurpose and reconfigure this app just for U.S. Um, residents. Right. And third, he's just, once this all falls through, it's just all smoke and mirrors. Once it falls through, he's going to go on and start talking about something else. Right. It's just going to be completely forgotten and, and, and moved on like nothing ever happened. So he's just, like I said last week, and I'll continue to say he's a very egotistical, weak-minded person, oh, okay. and all he knows to do is to do these grand type gestures and statements and and things, and doesn't follow through on on any of it. Because I know I was on Twitter today, and um, I think Goodyear, the tire company, they I didn't go too deep into this story, but apparently they said for people not to wear Blue Lives Matter stuff or MAGA stuff to work or to the office. And so he called for everybody to boycott them. An American company that was founded over a hundred years ago who has 60,000 US workers. And you're telling people to boycott <laughs> this American company in the middle of a freaking pandemic when we're already at 30 million unemployed. It's just another tactic by him because the same thing if people were wearing Black Lives Matter stuff to work and this Goodyear company said, you know, we can't, we're banning, you, you can't wear anything Black Lives Matter, he'd applaud it. Right. But because it's something related to him and his ego, he's trying to shut it down. That's just not how this thing works. It, it, it's not. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think there is something to be gained. Well, to answer your question, um, there is a the idea with, you know, you mentioned Cambridge Analytica. There is the case that a foreign company that doesn't always have the best, uh, it doesn't have the best interests at heart when it as it relates to the United States. You know, going back to Cambridge Analytica in Russia, trying to, you know, use Facebook and some of the other social media platforms to influence the election. You know, that's kind of been that's been ruled as a fact, you know, even though nobody, you know, took any heat for it. Um, I think people but are kind he's of, not call, but he's not calling to ban Facebook though. Right. But as still to another U S company. Right. Right. But that's, that's pretty much the point I was trying to make with that. Right. Um, but there is the case to be made that data in the hands of a foreign company, you can't, you can't a hundred percent say that they're not going to, it, it'd be, that, that they wouldn't try to manipulate that to do something with it. So it's almost like- And a, that I agree with. Right. You know, so there is a case. And two, 
uh, companies can benefit off of the at very least trying to say they're going to buy uh, TikTok. For example, going into the very next story that we have for Second String, Oracle has joined Microsoft and Twitter with their bids to actually buy TikTok and even whether or not that it works or not, for instance, Oracle and Twitter, what happens is the stock market, right? So Oracle put his bid in, Twitter put his bid in after Microsoft kind of put their bids in and the stock market values for Twitter and Oracle rose. So if anything, you put in a good, you put your ring in the hat, your name in the ring, your name in the hat. <laughs> Let me get my, my hat in the ring. Right. Jeez <laughs> Louise. Uh, you, you put your name in there to actually be considered as one of the companies that's looking to buy, you know, WeChat or TikTok or whatever company out there, you know, and say, hey, look, you know, we're trying to do something good. We're trying to do something positive. And as a result, you know, your stock prices kind of rise. Find some goodwill. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think is. that, and that's the name of the game. Again, we talked about it earlier with, with Epic Games is capitalism. So even if they have no intent on purchasing this app, getting their name out there associated with this, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a benefit to them. So they're taking advantage where they actually need it or not. Right. And, you know, just looking at Oracle jumping in, you know, just personal uh, assumption, you know, Oracle is one of those companies that, you know, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years ago was the talk of the town. Now, nobody hardly ever says anything about Oracle anymore. Nope. So, so for Oracle, let's just say to even come in and say even Microsoft for, you know, a certain extent, you know, trying to get that young, new, invigorated audience or that customer base, you know, buying something like a TikTok, you know, where all the kids are. You know, give that, street cred. Right. That'll give them some street cred. In addition to, you know, the bump in the value of the company, you know, it brings them a new revenue stream from a younger age, age range that everybody's trying to get. So whether they actually buy it or whether they put their name in the hat with no intentions to buy it, there's an upside to where they get to, the stock market goes up because people are trying to find a way to make money or two, they actually get it. Then, you know, configuring considering working out all the other obstacles that we've mentioned before you know them actually getting it they get a new customer base they get the new street cred you know and they get a new you know alter, alternative uh revenue source so right and, and and i agree that if it is proven that the chinese government is taking this data and manipulating it and using it against this country then yeah we should divest from it but not in this, you have 45 days, kind right. of like this ultimatum thing. You, with, with data and with these huge juggernaut of companies, it's not just as simple as saying, you got to sell it and you got to buy it. That's not how any of this works. And it just shows to me the lack of understanding from this administration on how to go about this the most successful way. Because I can see a lot of ways that this can can go wrong. So even if China is using, collecting this data and using it for nefarious purposes, which we don't know, and which I wouldn't trust this administration to tell me if they actually were, mm-hmm. because I don't believe them and I wouldn't believe China. But what I'm saying is if they know this is coming, 
you've already kind of put this on the table. Don't you think they're already hoarding and mining that data and storing it somewhere to be able to use it? Because they have the profiles now. They have Mm -hmm. all of the necessary information now. So get gathering, I guess, if maybe if they get more users, they get more information. Mm -hmm. But with what they already have, with the amount of people on TikTok, the amount of people who use TikTok, they already have a huge data set. Mm -hmm. I mean ginormous right. so trying to push this through trying to antagonize them even more it only hurt, hurts us as citizens right yeah no i get it um you know uh of course we know that this is just grandstanding but you know hopefully you know maybe this will at the very if nothing ever happens this like you mentioned if you know uh nobody buys the company 45 days elapse uh, Trump moves on to something else like the election, like Bernie Sanders or Kamala Harris or whatever the thing is that he can get some, you know, street street cred from. Um, hopefully this will encourage developers, app companies to take security more seriously, even if, again, like this, this whole thing with Trump, the reason why he's doing it may be a joke. You know, uh, again, data. It's the new currency. Like I Mm -hmm. keep saying, you know, cyber warfare is coming around the corner if it hasn't already had taken place. And the one way to get people is through these apps, you know, so maybe hopefully, you know, some of these companies will, you know, be more guarded of our data, you know, whether they use it, whether they knowingly are giving it to a third party or a, a communist country or whatever the case may be. Or they're just trying to hurry up and put something together because, you know, entrepreneurship, capitalism, whatever the case may be, you know, you just can't play around with our data like that because you could wind up in the on the, you know, the front desk of the president, you know, that's trying to, you know, make some moves and you might be the target. Right. So, yeah, for, for whatever reason, you don't want to be that. So, you know, hopefully, nope. you know, you, you take data a little bit more seriously, especially how everything is going to the cloud. Everything is going to our phones you know, nowadays You know, hopefully. Some of these app developers, these big companies are starting to take note, you know, because you could be on the wrong end of the publicity. Right. <laughs> right. And you don't want to be the face of one of the biggest cyber attacks, you know, in history. And you don't want to be on the ire of this toddler that we have. In my house, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's, it'll be pretty bad either way. All right. All right, so that is it for second string. We're going to move into our For the Culture segment where we talk, you know, any sort of content, whether it be technology or not, that relates to, you know, our culture, things that's going on in pop culture or, you know, things that affect us specifically as African-Americans. So uh, one of the things I want to put out there and uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. I have a specific take that somebody brought to my attention recently and I thought, huh, that, that, that makes sense. But I'll just put the story up. Uh, it looks like Facebook uh, has decided to create a uh, program for black creators to where they are committing $25 million to black creators this year to better support the black community on Facebook and Instagram. As part of this investment, we are launching a new program to equip the next generation of black creators with the funding and resources uh, to succeed. So if you've got a story to tell, if you've got a um, inspiration, whether you've got some good content, uh, Facebook wants to throw some money behind it. Uh, I'm just reading a little bit more into the into the website. We want to 
empower the next generation of black storytellers to become successful by participating in this initiative. Creators receive the support they need to help them prepare their careers to the next level, grow their community of followers and build a business across Facebook Inc.'s family of apps. We're looking for creators who want to celebrate their communities, amplify their unique narratives and have a positive impact. So I guess I just wanted to get your opinion on where you think this is coming from. Uh, do you think this is a, a, a benefit or a positive? Do you think they're just showboating and all this whole, you know, renewed, uh, you know, support all things black, you know, movement, you know, where you think Facebook is coming at from this? So it could really go either way. The sentiment, I think, is a good idea. Um, what I guess I'm looking at some of the qualifications. You have to be 18 or older, which right. makes sense. Right. And you have to have a minimum of 10,000 followers on either Facebook or Instagram. Okay. So I, it kind of takes the quote-unquote micro-influencers out of out of the game. Right. So if you don't already have that following, then you're not eligible. So if you're just starting out, then you won't be eligible to participate. Right. So that's kind of one thing that kind of gave me hmm, a cause for pause. And then the other thing is, is Facebook going to be able to claim any type of ownership of any of your IP? Uh, or yeah, That's a good point. That's, that's my, that's where my head goes because I know when, you know, the whole black square movement kind of came out, I can't remember the company. I'm trying so hard to remember it. Um, and they were like, yeah, we'll give you office space. We'll give you this or that to come in and be able to, to do your thing. But they wanted a percentage of your IP just so you could come in and use their space. Gotcha. So that always gives me, you know, a little cause for pause to, I would, for me, it would be, I would just be overly cautious mm-hmm. with, you know, these type of, of things to make sure that, yes, you're opening this program for black creators. My thing is, if someone submits for this program, you don't accept it. Facebook does a lot of programming now. Are you going to swipe this person's, you know, thing and create it on Facebook? I mean, I know, unfortunately, you, that's not the way one would typically want to think but in this current climate right that's where my head goes is are you going to try and keep some of my ip or take ownership of some of my ip if you don't select me as one of the creators but you think my idea is dope are you going to go and create something similar do i have any type of protection do i need to before i submit to this do i need to make sure i have my legal ducks in a row to protect myself from any type of theft of of my idea. So in theory, looking at this, this sounds great. It gives voices to some of the smaller, um, smaller creators, but 10,000 followers is still a lot. Yeah. So it's not that small. Right. So, so I could see if it was just opening up to anybody, whether you had 10,000 or a thousand or a hundred followers, but giving the, putting the parameters around the follow account, it kind of, you know, yeah, it takes a little bit of it away from me. Yeah, for and, me. and that was the point I was making, you know, specifically as a creator, you know, we creating this podcast, you know, it's like, yeah, I need, um, and I need to amplify our black voices. You know, we, we, we need, we need funding for access to education and development, product support and community building resources. We need all that. Right. So, but 
we don't qualify because we need the 10,000 followers on Facebook or 10,000 followers on Instagram. I don't know if that's a weeding out process of just not to get everybody and anybody. But I mean, if you're geared towards, you know, getting the little man in the front door, whatever the case may be, you know, this is kind of like a, yeah, but not everybody really. Right. So you're limiting the black forces uh, that you're willing to. to right. Right. So somebody made the, 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 <laughs> the alluded to, well, if I had ID, I wouldn't need ID. Right. That's a popular <laughs> line from a rap song. And right. it's like, well, you know, if I had the support of, you know, Facebook or whomever, or, you know, the same sort of resources that some of these other influencers are, I would need, you know, um, this program, this program <laughs> right? If I could easily get 10,000 followers or half a million followers or whatever you need to, to make a, to, to turn this into a big enterprise, you know, I would need Facebook help. So it's kind of like, you know, well, are you trying to help uh, creators or, you know, are you trying to get certain types of creators? You know, if you've got somebody applying for this, that's got, you know, a million followers on Facebook and two million followers on Instagram. You know, they I mean, if I was running this program and somebody came to me with millions of followers, I thought, oh, yeah, pick them. Right. Because all they're going they to do. They already got a built in audience. Right. They've already. This is going to help increase our audience. Exactly. Right. So if I put our name behind them, then that's going to make us look so much better. Yada, yada, yada. Right. So that was one of the main things, uh, the uh, questions I had. But. Again, you know, you got to look outside yourself, you know, can't be selfish, even though, you know, I may not qualify, even though this show may not, does not, definitely does not qualify. You know, this is definitely a, you know, an, another resource that has come out of, I believe it did, you know, who knows if Facebook would have created this specific program for yeah. people of color as it relates to the whole, you know, this new uh, up and coming, re not revolution, but this new importance on, you know, equality and fixing the you know, judicial system and this racism as a whole, you know, as it relates to social media, as it relates to access, you know, it definitely wouldn't have, not definitely, but I'm pretty sure this was sparked as a result of all the, the newfound, you know, sh uh, strive and, you know, support. So good that that definitely has come out. But again, like you said, you mentioned you know, some good points as it relates to what does Facebook want in return, right? Outside of just getting, you know, people with influence already or a little bit or some sort of influence. Are they asking for, what are they asking for? And I've done a little bit of research and, you know, I haven't found anything as to what specifically, you know, do, does Facebook give or get in return outside of this 25 million that they're just giving out, right? So yeah. it'd be interesting to see if anybody that, you know, I'm connected to or anybody that I follow or anybody, you know, that that is known gets into this program and what comes about. So it'd be different. You know, it'd be interesting to see what comes from that. If you are interested, if you're listening to my voice and you do got the numbers and you are interested, you know, definitely applications are due September 5th. So you've got a little bit, but not very, not a whole lot, maybe a little over two or three weeks. Um, definitely fill it out. Uh, let us know. If you, you know, get through the process, you know what you can tell us about it. You know, if you're not, you know, uh, reduced by NDAs and some secretive, you know, handshake. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I'm looking I went ahead and opened the app because I was just interested to see what they were asking for. And one of the first questions that they ask is what type of uh, creative creative business you have. Mm -hmm. And the options are self-employed or independent, nonprofit, S-Corp, C-Corp, 
individual LLC or other. So that's just, so if you're going into this there, it seems like they're expecting you to already have, which you is, know, essentially the, the business portion, which is of, fair, which know, is fair, in. right. Yeah. Which is fair that, you know, the, the 10, you know, and having said that, right. Looking back at 10,000 followers on Facebook or Instagram, that could be uh okay. You can't just be playing around, right? You got to show us that you're in for this, that you're not. And just, you're going to use the money and not just waste it. Right. You're and go out and buy Lamborghinis or whatever, you know, Gucci belts. Right. You, you know, you're already <laughs> down for the grind, you know, and maybe 10,000 followers is some sort of grind indicator, which I get. I fair. I get it. You know? Um, so again, I'd be interested, like you said, what, what does Facebook want in return? Not to be cynic, not to be pessimistic, but you know, what, <laughs> What is what? What are you We're selling? What are you selling? What are you selling in return to get this part of this twenty-five million? I'd be interested to know. And if nothing, congrats. You know, good on Facebook for trying something like this. You know, and extending that. You know, um, those resources to people who. Yeah. You know, definitely if it want. Open up, yeah. I think it's fantastic, right. and I think it will help a a lot of people, especially those. I mean. However, they came up with the 10,000 if, you know, if people are trying to get over the hump or, you know, trying to be able to leave their nine to five to make this this content creation their full time gig, then then if that's going to, you know, shift them into that lane, then I think it's I think it's fantastic. And I really hope that it is, you know, on the up and up and they aren't trying to, you know, be shady boots. So, right. All right. All right. So unless you had anything else for for the culture, that's all I had. Um, We can move into the hookup. So this is something that I found earlier this week. Uh, For those who don't know, there's all this dust up as it relates to United States Postal Service. And with the whole coronavirus out right now, people are worried about going to vote because the pandemic is out and about and it's still out here. And there's a chance that, you know, all these people trying to cram to voting booths on November to vote for president, vice president. That may be an issue. So a lot of people, a lot of people are opting for mail in ballot ballots for whatever reason. And I say that rhetorically, <laughs> um, <laughs> United States Postal Service is having some issues. You know, they're running out of resources or rather resources are being taken away from them. You know, they're they're trying to figure out, OK, will the United States Postal Service be be able to handle all of the issues as it relates to this mail and ballots in the election, so on and so forth. Whatever the reason is, you know, that's that's the issue, right? So I was trying to and figure out you know out- they've just frozen the changes. So right. I think I don't think they were expecting to get this amount of heat and they've pretty much stopped all of the changes that they were making. Right. So so, so one of the ways I I I was trying to figure out, okay, well how can I be a part of it? So I stumbled upon something to where, you know, um, there's this thing called a resist bot. I don't know if it was built specifically for this for this reason, but one of the things that intrigued me so much about this resist bot, basically it's a text messaging bot. And the way I used this specifically earlier this week was I used it to, uh, so I text the letter, you know, resist to this number. It walked me through step-by-step step via text message on how to draft a letter to send to my congressman to say, I'm in support of the United States Postal Service. If you care about your voters, you need to, you know, reach to the property authorities, whether it be the Postmaster General, whether it be, you know, the president of the United States, I'm throwing my support behind the USPS 
and I want you to do the same. So going through and answering these questions via text message, I was able to message or write a letter to my congressman. I think for us is Lucy McBath and David Perdue. Uh, both of them got the letter as a result of this text message bot that I it went said, what's your name? You know, where are you located? You know, uh, how do you feel this way? And then it drafted this letter and they actually responded. Of course, they responded with their own pre-drafted <laughs> letters. But the mm -hmm. fact that it worked and all I had to do was text this number, text this word to this number and it walked me through the process is the idea, in my opinion, on how technology is supposed to make things better. So doing yeah. a little bit more research about this resist bot, you can do more than just writing a letter to your congressman as it relates to the United States Postal Service and these mail-in ballots. You can, you know, I'm just going on the website and I'll actually put it on the screen for those who are watching now. Uh, you can use this resist bot to do things like um, write or call your senators and representative Congress. You can write a letter or call a letter to your representative United in the House representatives. You can write to your governor. You can write to the Democratic National Committee. You can uh, uh, add your name to a petition that's going out. You can actually see all of the popular uh, uh, petitions that are going on. You can uh, check your you can get a personalized voting checklist. You can find out where to vote early or on Election Day. You can actually use this chatbot to register to vote. You can use this to get your voter ID requirements or find out if you need a voter ID, you know, so you can find out uh, donate. You can find out where to donate. You can find out where you can uh, volunteer, whether it be for election or for blood drives or to get PPE to healthcare workers. So all of these different things you can use this uh, chat bot for. And I just thought that was cool specifically because technology it's supposed to make things easier. And this is one of the ideal ways to where you can actually use, you know, technology, something simple as sending text messages because it's got to be simple. And that's the other thing that brought me to this. You know, technology can be intimidating. It can limit certain people who don't have computers, who don't have broadband Internet at home. But this you can see if you've got a smartphone or a phone with text message capabilities, you can use this. You can participate. Exactly. You can participate. So I just wanted to let people know uh, about resist.bot. So you can go to resist.bot forward slash guide and get a list of all the things that you can do. If you decide to do them, you can text that word or that keyword to a specific number. It'll walk you through step by step through a series of text messages. And then you can actually uh, accomplish all those different tasks. So I just thought that was cool. So I just wanted to share that for the hookup for this week, especially what's going on with the pandemic, especially what's going on with the political, you know, things that are going on right now. So I thought those was pretty cool. Yeah. And I think it's pretty cool when you scroll down to the bottom, it has a, a blue iMessage button and a green just text button. That's a nice touch. <laughs> so, so, so it highlighted the fact that most of the, well, not most of the people, you know, a lot of people out there using iMessage. So, you know, you've, we've got our own special, you got our little blue bubble, you know, for uh, iMessage. Or if you're not, you can just use, you know, the regular text message. So, yeah, definitely, definitely check that out. Like I said, there's a whole list, a whole list of things that you can do. You know, you can do something like, for instance, you know, if you text NRA, right, you can see how much the gun manufacturers lobby has spent for or against your representatives. So if you're interested in that, you can, you know, walk through the process and it'll show you, you know, a list of, 
you know, that information. Um, you can do things like uh, if you text the word COVID, you can get information for your state, including infection data and resources needed to get through the pandemic. Uh, if you text police, you can get police violence data for your state and city. Uh, just a whole list of things. So definitely go to resist, R-E-S-I-S-T dot bot and uh, get that information. So like I said, I just want to put that out there because, you know, everybody's trying to figure out a way to get more involved. You know, this is a great way to do it via technology, a, a, a simple way to do it via technology. All right. All right. But other than that, uh, I think that is it for this week. We are about a little bit over an hour. So I think we, we did pretty good staying at our range. Uh, we definitely uh, uh, appreciate everybody for hanging out with us. You know, you can definitely download, rate and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts and we're on Spotify. Uh, definitely engage with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We're on all those at Snob OS Cast. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube at Snob OS Cast. Uh, definitely want to like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, make sure you hit the notifications bell. Doing my doing my typical YouTube thing that my daughter loves. She loves to hit that like button. Hit the button. Uh, it's right. Here. Right. I, I'm not putting the graphics on there. You just you just <laughs> should know how to do it by now. But you know what the subscribe button is. <laughs> right. Click it. Yeah. So definitely like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, you can get alerted when the next show is uploaded. Um, definitely can leave comments and suggestions if you want. We're on the web at snoboscast.com or you can shoot us an email. We're at snoboscast at gmail.com. Finally, um, don't forget, if you want to support the show, uh, definitely can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash snoboscast. Uh, if you want to give us a little bit of money to support the show for a little, uh, little as $5, you can actually get access to the live show. You can get access to the pre-show where we offer additional commentary stuff you won't get on the regular show. And you get access to our Discord community to where we talk all things tech. You can get access to, you know, uh, submit some ideas for next week's show uh, and all that good stuff. So uh, other than that, that is it. We will see you guys next week. Peace.